News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show, talking about how to talk to the unvaccinated on a very special episode. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it's, it's funny to me that people who have been yelling at half of the country for uh, quite a while now, uh, now seem surprised that those folks don't have any interest in listening to anything that they say. And... Uh, this really uh, was brought brought to clear focus by a piece at the Charlotte Observer by uh, a new hire they have, Sarah Pequeno, who uh, wrote that folks always say there's an episode of the Andy Griffin show. I'm kidding. It's the Andy Griffith show. Uh, she says that there's, there's an episode for everything, and I'm starting to believe them. In an episode from season two, Sheriff Andy Taylor joins the county nurse on a quest to get farmer Rafe Hollister to take the tetanus shot. They try a few things, a gentler approach with explanations, some shouting demands from Barney Fife, and an appeal for Rafe to think of the children. Finally, Andy sits down with him and says he gets it. Rafe wants to be famous, to be a martyr, to show people that they need to get the vaccine or they'll end up dead like him. And then Andy sings a song, and that's what gets him. He fearfully tells Andy that he doesn't want to die, and then he gets the shot from the nurse. And then Barney Fife gets a shot, too, because apparently, despite all of his antics, he still didn't have his. This is how she sees (laughs) the people who have not gotten the shot. Um, The headline is maybe we should change how we talk to Mayberry about the covid vaccine. And I agree. Lefties, media, health officials You definitely need to change the way you're talking to, let me just say it this way, Republicans, conservatives, that's who you're trying to talk to. And by the way, the demographic breakdown of this, it's actually not even really Republicans. There's a lot of young African-American, poor, like the, the demographic breakdown of this. And there was another one that I just saw today confirming it. Like they're splintering inside all of these different demographic groups, but Generally, there's about a third, I think, is what I saw among Republicans, and uh, they're not getting the shot. And what's interesting is that when Joe Biden and the media, they yell at, you know, the unvaccinated, they think they're yelling at Trump supporters. Like, they have this image in their mind of the person, of this guy, Rafe Hollister. You know, this 50-year-old, bumpkin, farmer guy right-winger, ignorant, knuckle-dragger, mouth-breather. Like, this is who they have in their mind. And this is who they're talking to. And so they first try, you know, put on the mask. Now just listen to me. And no, I'm not going to do that. And no, then they get angry, and then they start yelling at the at the bumpkin. And why won't this person do what I want them to do? Well, first off, there's something sort of in the conservative and Republican DNA And you guys are aware that this exists because you identified it among a lot of African-Americans when you were like, oh, you know, the the Tuskegee uh, 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 experiments, right? Like they're very wary of the government because of all the systemic racism. Like, so I know you're aware that people can have an inherent distrust of government. In fact, a lot of you lefties used to distrust the government before you like kind of took it all over. Like you guys had a real distrust of GovCo for a long time, like the FBI during the 60s and stuff like that. Uh, But now it seems like 
you're totally on board. But conservatives, they generally distrust particularly the federal government. But they don't like government coming in and telling them what to do. They just don't like it. I would submit a lot of people don't like it, but it's particularly acute <laughs> among the right, okay? So, yes, you need to figure out a different way of um, of talking to Mayberry, as you call them. Uh, and, by the way, this writer is apparently from Mount Airy, North Carolina, so this is like the hook. It's like, this is my hometown, and I'm torn, you know, because she's on the left. But, uh, anyway, uh, this this piece that she writes essentially proves that she and the media, you know, you're not equipped to persuade because you think a lot of these people are stupid. You think they're stupid. Let's be uh, let's be honest. Right. You think they're dumb. You, you, you think they're making bad decisions because they're ignorant and they're contrarian and they're dumb. Right. That's why you're getting frustrated with them. Why don't they just do it? All right, well, you're not going to do it, then I'm going to make you do this, right? And now they're all on board. They're on board with the mandates, even though you know, and one of the earlier callers made this point, that if Donald Trump were still president, that he suspects a lot of the Trump supporters would have taken the shot. I suspect that to be the case, too. I also suspect that there would be way more leftists who didn't, because they were already saying they wouldn't take it, right? They were saying they didn't want it. Kamala Harris said it. Right. Well, I don't know if I would take anything that Donald Trump had anything to do with. Like they made this position very clear. And Donald Trump didn't exactly, you know, go out and pitch it and try to get people to do it. But then again, had he done so, I suspect a lot of folks on the left would have rejected those calls and we would probably be in a similar position now. They also this piece in the uh, in the Observer also illustrates how so many people, particularly in media, they're. Um, they have a very active imagination about how things could be if only everybody listened to them, right? (laughs) This is why, by the way, this is one of the, why I joke about this when I say, like, I'm all about solutions and we have the cone of creativity where we come up with all these crazy ideas. Like, Like, if you can dream it, it can be. And I understand that that's an important mindset to have, but there's also another, you know, side of that coin, which is to be more pragmatic and realistic, and a lot of folks, it seems like, live in a fantasy land where if they can uh, if they can just sing a song to you like Andy Griffith did, then they can convince you to change your ways. If you just see and you hear this manifested also in other types of discussions where it's like, um, well, I'm not sure that uh, that they have heard the right message yet. You've heard this line Right. They, like somehow or another, they like they it's not that they disagree. It's just that they haven't heard the right argument. Like, no, we we've heard you. We've listened to what you said. You've you've made some type of a case, not a very strong one, but you, you pitched it and we disagree. We don't want to do it. Sorry. And like, no, no, no. But let me just explain. Like, No, I, I've heard your explanation. I disagree with you. I'm not going to do that thing that you want me to do. They live in this fantasy land where if they can just say the right words and then that'll make you do this thing that you just don't want to do. I I, I don't get it. You know, Um, it's a different mindset, much like Boomer Von Cannon, a different mindset altogether (laughs) to sit and stare at traffic and then tell me about it. 
feel like I'm in a Spires and Crants bit. <laughs> News Talk 11, 1099.3 WBT. So the piece in the Charlotte Observer by Sarah Pequeño. Uh, headline, maybe we should change how we talk to Mayberry about the COVID vaccine. She says, I appreciate the efforts of the local health department who are trying to get folks to see the big picture. I also feel like more could be done. Ooh, like what? What more could be done? Well, she offers some uh, some advice. She says every person is different. That is true. Everyone's reason for getting the vaccine is too. Some folks could be persuaded to protect their kids because they aren't aware of that argument yet. See, again, like, so you think that they just have not heard this, this line that do it for your children. They haven't heard that. Do it for other people. Those you love, they just haven't heard this argument yet. Is that the idea? Uh, let's see what else. Maybe she has some better ideas. Uh, or uh, by somebody they trust answering their questions. Well, now, what kinds of questions might those be? Well, if you've been listening to this show, you should have a pretty good reservoir already stored of the questions that people present. Because I've taken a lot of calls from people who, who have told us, like, I'm not going to get vaccinated because of this reason or that reason or whatever. So why don't you start there? How about you take those callers and what they've said and try to address those things from a logical and scientific perspective, rather than just saying, do it for the children, or, or something along the lines of, uh, why won't you just get vaccinated to protect yourself? Those arguments aren't working. Or how about a $25 gift card? Like, not working, guys. Not working. What other exa- uh, or other ideas she has? Um, just because an authority figure tells them to. Oh, that's one of her ideas, that everybody is different. Some folks could be persuaded just because an authority figure tells them to. Yeah, okay, that's not happening at this point. I think all of those people have already gotten it. (laughs) Others may require you to play the song you would sing at their inevitable funeral. Really? See, again, maybe she's just being metaphorical here, but that would not work on anybody. Seriously. That would not work. It's a TV show. It is not real life. That stuff does not happen in real life. She says, what's happening now, though, the push from one party to get the vaccine while the other side pushes against it, the other side is pushing. I'm sorry. Where's the Republican Party pushing people to not get vaccinated? Where is that actually happening? Besides the fever swamps of the left. Seriously, where is this happening? It's not happening. Republicans are simply raising the ethical questions that, frankly, you guys should be addressing, too. Everybody should be. This is why I say our society is not equipped to deal with the complex questions that this pandemic has uh, prompted. We're just not. Because everybody sees everything like this through this black and white, left-right prism. It's about people's risk assessment. And every individual is different. I, th- I, was, I, I was hopeful. She started off, everybody is different. I was like, ooh, ooh, there's a glimmer. There's a glimmer of respecting individuality right there. And the lowercase l libertarian to me was like kind of excited. And then, of course, it all came crashing down. And you just read the rest of the paragraph. Let me go over here to uh, Dan. Hello, Dan. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm well. Thanks. My name is Dan, but I'm sure your journalist friend would call me uh, Ernest P. Worrell. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> I, 
listen today all day. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, a, a um, uh, physician. I'm not a, a surgeon. I, but I studied probability and statistics uh, for a long, long time. And one of the first rules in that field is that for every piece of inaccurate data you put in your pool, you weaken the strength of all of your data. Mm. And it's interesting because there's so much misinformation that we've heard everything across the board. And it's just, it's a little wonder people are scared to death of this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, what's the garbage in, garbage out, right? That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we have Dr. Fauci who stands up and lies in front of Congress uh, with total with total impunity. Uh, gosh, where do you go from here, huh? Mm-hmm. No, it, this is the, the, the undermining of the credibility and trust in our institutions began long before COVID ever hit, right? This has been building for a long time, right? And uh, Donald Trump did his part. Everybody has done their part. The media has done terrible damage uh, in, in the way they cover news and events, um, the idea that if I don't like the results of the the contest, then I'm going to flip over the board and rewrite the rules, right? Like this is exactly. this is our, our, our norm now, and it is chaos. And that means people don't know who to turn to to get the information because, and, and honestly, like a lot of people also educated by our government in K-12 education, they are expecting some some easy answers to this stuff. And I got to keep reminding folks, like, sometimes you just don't have good options. They're, they're all bad. And we're going to have to pick one of these bad options. And, you know, for all the good that Trump did, he undid so much of it with his arrogance. Yeah. Every, that yeah. All it took was that one Twitter after a great speech, and he went down and it was just, yeah. they wrote him up as uh, as a bozo. Yeah. Even his after own worst a enemy. phenomenal performance, that that little impunity of, gosh, I got to show these guys I know more than they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, he yeah. was his own worst hey, enemy on you. a lot of that stuff. It. Yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Dan. He was his own worst enemy on so many things, and that's why people love him because he wasn't a politician, you know, and he fought back and all of that. And I get it, but that that stuff comes at a cost. It comes at a cost, and. Um, I don't know, like, I look at this stuff and people not knowing who to trust anymore. Like, and this, you know, kills me. You got the Charlotte Observer. They made a big announcement when they hired this woman, as they should, and that's fine. You know, they're very excited. But, like, do you you strive for credibility to talk to people beyond your echo chamber? Are you striving for that? Or are you not? All this month, it's September, Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, and it's our blood drive efforts going on. The second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive is going to be uh, the last one of the month, September 30th. The One Blood Big Red Bus is going to be at the Community Matters Cafe. It's going to be there from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m., accepting your blood. And platelets. I do the platelets. I do the double platelet donation because I'm twice as good. (laughs) <laughs> but no, it's uh, you could do the double and they take the platelets out and they, or they take the blood out and they spin it around in their machine and then they put it back in with the fluids. It's all very sciencey. And uh, then they do another one, another round, and then you get so you get your stuff back. Um, and then you could actually you could donate pretty regularly too when you do the platelets. Uh, anyway, Community Matters Cafe is where it's happening. 
And uh, while you're there, you can stop into the cafe and uh, support the life-changing work going on there by the Charlotte Rescue Mission. It is September 30th, the second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. It's on a Thursday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to WBT.com slash events for directions and the details. So the last bit here from this piece at the Observer uh, editorial or editor or, sorry, columnist, I guess. Uh, Maybe we should change how we talk to Mayberry. And she writes, uh, Mount Airy feels worlds away from Raleigh and in a separate universe from Washington. For folks who have never left the county, there is a strong resentment of higher authorities. It means the responsibility falls on local leaders to convince their constituents. But politicians are too busy banning soda machines and the newspaper is trying to keep it business as usual. Again, I would simply point out here that her default is the government. Do you notice that? Her default is to assign the responsibility to the local elected officials to make sure that people are educated about the, uh, the vaccines. And I don't know if that's necessarily the best course to take. But it is the best course to take if you're sort of, you know, a big government proponent. If you are of the left, it's sort of the knee jerk. And by the way, I've talked about this for a long time. Um, This is why media and government, when they get together, can really do. I mean, yes, they could do some good, but they can really do some damage because media will get a story. Right. They'll somebody will come to them and like, I've been wronged by this or this terrible thing happened. And then the reporter goes and they get the story. And then they what do they usually do? They first interview the person who has been wronged, the victim, the person who has identified some problem. They then go to an elected official. They stick a mic in their face or they go up and they start asking questions like, what are you going to do about this? Right. And then the elected official sensing a potential issue that might garner them some support. They then rush out and craft some piece of legislation, some rule, some ban, whatever. They try to do something with the power of the state. And then when it passes, the reporter, of course, they give this all sorts of coverage. And while they're doing the coverage, they're making sure everybody knows that this was all brought to light by our reporting. Right. You got to make sure you say that because then you enter it into the awards contests and you win the awards. And that proves that you're a good reporter. See, like this is the incentivized system that exists. Media going to government, getting stuff done. Well, maybe you could have gone to, I don't know, a nonprofit. Why didn't, why, why didn't you go to the private sector first? Why didn't you go in it? Well, that's hard. I mean, it is. It's hard. You got to like go find them, right? You got to like, I don't know, call them. On the phone and everything. Yeah, you got to call them. And you got to find out what they do and got to ask them, would this be okay? And then they have the freedom to say no. Like, they're like, sorry, we're already, you know, uh, understaffed, overwhelmed. It's not our core mission. We don't have any money, whatever. Yeah, the money thing's a big part of it, too. GovCo can just turn around and, like, you know, just tax people to pay for some kind of program that some media person thought was important. Yeah, so, like, that's the that's sort of the perverse incentive that exists for this kind of thing. And you see it right there in that line. And I'm not trying to pick on this right or anything. I'm just saying like, this is sort of the built in uh, premise or it's a, it's an assumed position for a lot of people in media. 
What's government going to do about this? That ought to be illegal. There ought to be a law, right? And then she says, um, in a perfect world, Sheriff Taylor would be able to convince my hometown to save itself. And after some one-on-one discussion and light fear-mongering, they'd agree. (laughs) That's the perfect world. (laughs) In a perfect world, Light fear-mongering is necessary to get them to do what she wants them to do. Just, I mean, I guess, kudos, like, acknowledging, I mean, that's some good self-awareness, right? Acknowledging that you're still going to use some light fear-mongering. Because in my perfect world, you wouldn't even need to do any fear-mongering, but that's me. Like, I'm not trying to fear-monger people to do stuff. But, credit where it's due... She's she's a fan of the fear-mongering, recognizing that even in Mayberry, they're going to have to use it in order to, to get people to comply. She says, but Mount Airy isn't Mayberry, and that space is up for grabs from anybody. Hopefully the right person fills it soon. Somebody, where's our savior to ride in? See, again, this is, again, what I spoke to earlier in the show, the wisdom of the crowd, which is, Everybody in the town, everybody in the county, they're going to be smarter than any one person. And they may make decisions that you don't like. And those decisions may have terrible consequences. But they're all going to contribute to the data points that help us learn. And I know that that's scary. I do. I know it's scary. And I know for people who are overly ordered in their personality in their mindsets this is a very difficult thing to accept there are a lot of people that have a lot of neuroses and i think the pandemic has brought a lot of it out and they just want to control every little thing about everyone and everywhere and every aspect of society and you can't without you know being a complete tyrant perfect example of it the roads. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So the public is split about evenly, 51 to 49. That is evenly split, by the way, because the plus or minus on this survey here is uh, 2.8 percentage points. So 3%. So it's split evenly. On whether requiring proof of vaccination for everyday activities is an acceptable way to increase the vaccination rate or an acceptable or an unacceptable, sorry, unacceptable infringement on personal rights. So this is CNN and um, that's their what uh, third sentence in that the public is split about evenly. It is evenly on whether requiring proof of vaccination for everyday activities is acceptable or not. Okay? Evenly split. But the headline says, more than half of Americans support vaccine mandates for workplaces, classrooms, and sporting events. It's a 50-50 split. And the framing here is the headline, more, Amer- more than half of Americans support vaccine mandates. It's 51 to 49, and it's a plus or minus 3%. So it's... It's not actually. I mean, it could be, but it might not be. There's greater backing for requiring vaccines 
in many specific instances. More than half of Americans now say they support requiring vaccinations for office workers. That's 54%. So that's, again, plus or minus 2.8. You take it down where it could be, and that's like 51.49. Students attending in-person classes could be as low as 52.48. Is that more than half? Yeah, but it's basically split. But they're trying to promote the idea, obviously, that we're in the majority. This is the most popular opinion. Support for the mandates, by the way, has risen across the board since April, growing six percentage points with regards to students, eight points regarding office workers um, and event attendees, and 15 points regarding grocery shoppers. (laughs) Grocery, yeah. To have a vaccine mandate to grocery shop. You guys interested in creating a caste system? Is that the idea? By the way, after spending as much time as we did uh, in the first hour talking about natural immunity and the antibodies that you get from it, how are you going to test people on the way in the door whether or not they've actually had COVID? Because maybe they actually did have COVID and they actually have better protection than your than, than your vaccine does, right? But no, they should get the vaccine anyway because you know better. Because you're going to dictate that to them? Like, there's a there's an entire ethical debate that we're not having right now. Support for these mandates has risen. The survey has used a different methodology than prior CNN polling. Oh, I wonder why. It was conducted over a month-long period in August and September prior to the big announcement by Joe Biden. This is not a surprise, though, that... Democrats are 24 points more likely than Republicans to say the pandemic is not over. They are 50% likelier to say that they always adhere to CDC guidance. Well, because Democrats are liars. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, really? You're going to tell me that you always adhere to the CDC guidelines? Always? Even when they change it up all the time? And there, Democrats are 46 points likelier to say that They're continuing to take precautions against the virus. They're 54 points likelier to favor workplace vaccine mandates, 57 points likelier to see see vaccine mandates as an acceptable strategy to increase the vaccination rate, and they're 60 points likelier to support masking in schools. I apologize in advance for doing this, Democrats, but your bubble's about to be popped. New study, analysis of the effects of COVID-19 mask mandates on hospital resource consumption and mortality at the county level. Research done by Greenhog or Haug, how we pronounce it, Schmid, Sipianka, Bassler, and Gruer. The objective was to assess the effects of countywide mask orders on per population mortality intensive care unit utilization and ventilator utilization in Bear County or is it Bear Bear County, Texas. I never no one ever pronounces this right. Nobody ever pronounces this correctly. It's B-E-X-A-R. I think it's Bear County, Texas. So they look they did the I'm not going to go into the details of how they did the study. I mean I can talk to you about the methods, talk to you about the results, number of cases and all you know Total deaths, there were like 40,700 cases. There were 470 total deaths. And 
They took the average number of new cases per day and blah, blah, blah. But here's the conclusion. There was no reduction in per-pupil daily mortality, hospital bed, ICU bed, or ventilator occupancy of COVID-19 positive patients attributable to the implementation of a mask-wearing mandate. Mask-wearing mandates do not work. This has now been evident for, well, almost the entire duration of the pandemic. It's science. And uh, now, by the way, did you see that the, uh, the numbers are all starting to come down? Case numbers, numbers of deaths, the rolling averages, that stuff's starting to drop now for the Delta variant. It's almost as if the virus runs in cycles. I know, it's kind of crazy. It's like basically every virus ever. But for some reason, we thought this one was different. And maybe there was reason to think that. I don't know. But um, it runs in like these seven to ten week cycles, it looks like. We're still learning. That could change. Maybe it gets faster, slower, whatever. I don't know. But on the mass mandates, they don't actually lead to flattening the curve. So if that was part of your tool belt, uh, you might want to reassess your tool belt. I know, I know. People don't like to do that. Take new information and, you know, reassess some assumptions. See, it's amazing. See, if you're just willing to kind of, um, if you're willing to accept this at the beginning, to say, look, I, I don't know all of the answers. And by the way, to tell people this stuff, like, because I, you know, in some of the discussions today with the callers, this came up, like, I, I, and I don't have a problem. Like, I have not heard, you know, some of the things that the, the people said. I wrote notes. I'll take a look at them. Um, but some things I have heard, and I disagree. And I'm, I'm allowed to disagree. And you're allowed to disagree with me, too. We can all disagree. That's okay. Um, because, like, I'm not a scientist, and I'm look, reading different scientists, and they're coming to different conclusions, too. And that actually is science. That's actually science. Unlike what you get from the elected leaders who say, this is the science and data, and they, they treat it like it's, like, like this is some sort of uh, religious service. And those are the mantras that they just chant to us to get us all to fall in line. I'm not going to do that. So if you want to reach the unvaccinated, you've got to address the arguments that they are actually making. And it's not difficult. I've done some of it today. And who am I? Nobody, right? I mean, like, if I can do this, surely experts in their fields can do this. Okay, with the help of maybe some marketing people or communications people. Because like, like a lot of times these people who are experts on this stuff, they're not good on distilling this stuff down. But there has to be a way to make these arguments. And by the way, sometimes you might not have an argument. It might just be your best guess. And you need to tell people that too. Because we, we know if it's your best guess... And if you're claiming something as the truth and you know it to be so, and then information comes out that undermines that, well, now no one's going to trust you ever again on anything else. And unfortunately, I think a lot of our experts and our institutions are now in that space because of prior bad behavior. Stick around. Brett Winterbull up next on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Thanks for hanging out with me. I do appreciate it. I will catch up with you tomorrow. Until then, don't break anything while I'm gone. 